day in early December, Lauren Bielski sat down to discuss mindfulness and how students in the West might best investigate Buddhist ideas with Kempo Pimawondok. This austere but gentle person was born in Western Tibet, raised in India, and became a monk in the Sakya tradition. Kempo Pema settled in New York City to teach back in 1982 becoming the first of a younger generation of Tibetan teachers to settle here in the U.S. We talked with Kempo Pema about his own life and experience of Buddhism as a native to its traditions. As interest and intrigue in all forms of Buddhism and the related core concept of mindfulness have recently undergone renewed popularity in the West, we also asked about whether and how a serious student born and raised here might approach studies, concepts, and ethical guidelines for becoming a better, more self-aware, less angry person. Welcome, once again, to the Jacques Marche Museum of Tibetan Arts monthly podcast series. Here is part two of Lauren's interview with Kempo Pemel Wangdok. Please tell me about your school and where you teach and key objectives of the school. First, Tibetan Buddhism come to the West on the backpacks of the young American men and women who traveled to the East 1960s, mm-hmm. 70s. It is not a master plan by Tibetan teachers or leaders. It was a purely invitation. And in fact, it's a typical of the Buddhism. Buddha only teach only if you ask. We don't have a master plan how the world should be. Mm-hmm. We're there when the world is needed, wherever we call, and that's how it works. So my coming to the West was at the request of the Western American Dharma students. And they requested our leader, at that time Sakya Trizin, 41st Sakya Trizin, Sakya Order of Tibetan Buddhism, then asked me to go to America. Mm-hmm. In other words, he told me to go to the West. I sort of requested his holiness to send me where they speak English because we already started learning English. Luckily, it happens to America. So it was his vision, and that too in response to the need for the Western Dharma students. I came to the West at the end of 1982 here in New York. And you wanted to help the students, and you helped them specifically with the Pale Earth School and its approach? Yes, so we cater Buddha Dharma, teachings of the Buddha. As you know, Tibetan Buddhism in general is composed of the sum totality of the teachings for major traditions. So we cater Sakya teachings. Mm-hmm. It's as good as saying we cater Tibetan Buddhism mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. the context of the Sakya tradition. And my uh, first, I came as assistant to Daishun Rinpoche, he's one of my teachers, who had been in the West already, okay. who lives in Seattle. And he founded a group here in New York, Boston, Cambridge, uh, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Seattle, those days in the 1980s. And I, I came as a resident teacher at the Sakya Center, we call Paladin Sakya Center in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's run under the Karma Shiva Foundation. And some of the objectives of the foundation to teach students? Basically to bring the uh, wisdom of the East here in the West, mm -hmm. to provide, to cater to those who have found Buddha teaching as faith. Mm -hmm. And also we teach to anyone who see Buddha Dharma as something to study. Maybe there are uh, some who use it as thesis of the college. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who like comparative religion studies. And then on the side, I will give lectures to the colleges and schools or individual organization from yoga center to another Dharma center, mm -hmm. or even individual perform the role of what you call in a priest, perform weddings, blessings, childbirth, house blessing, who knows what. Whatever we do culturally, it also comes with it. Now, related to the question of a more serious consideration of Buddhism in the West is the understanding of how we are to behave differently uh -huh. from what we are used to. Mm -hmm. um, a big idea in your tradition is embracing the Eightfold Path. Mm -hmm. One primary idea on the path calls for the cultivation of wisdom, mm -hmm. and that is right view, the understanding of cause and effect, mm -hmm. the contemplation of the three Dharma seals, mm -hmm. the four noble truths, mm -hmm. um, and the twelve links of dependent origination. Mm -hmm. My question is, can a person whose life who has been privileged, mm -hmm. as most first world citizens have experienced it, can they benefit from starting their studies with looking very seriously at the Eightfold Path? Or would its details be too lofty for most Westerners, mm -hmm. um, therefore leading to the necessity of a simple, more action-oriented mm -hmm. plan? When I was preparing for this, I thought of my sister mm -hmm. and I thought of me. I'm very book-oriented. Mm -hmm. I love to read and mm -hmm. study ideas and concepts. Mm -hmm. My sister is more action-oriented. Mm -hmm. She might be somebody who would go to a soup kitchen mm -hmm. and feed the poor mm -hmm. and try very hard mm -hmm. not to judge them. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Mm -hmm. Which one of us is on the right path mm -hmm. or does depend on who we are as people? Mm -hmm. I think any path you choose is right. Okay. <laughs> there is a but part of it. <laughs> of course. Whatever action one does, it doesn't matter. As long as it's not, say, hunting or killing or hurting right. or bringing destruction. If you're focusing on meditation, teaching Dharma, or feeding the poor, or saving Mother Nature, you know, like environmentalist, right. or your animal right, or you're trying to save the native cultures, etc. Et it, it actually, it doesn't matter. What matters is that if you're obsessed that this is the way others are not exactly right, makes what you're doing is wrong. Mm. Do you follow that? Don't be self-righteous. In other words, we can make any good work we do is as good as any other good work if it includes the component of all other good works in that work that you do. So in other words, if you are feeding the poor people, and if you are compassionate to the rich people, yeah. you are not just compassionate to the poor people, but you, you are equally compassionate to the rich people who are greedy, for example, then I think you are doing perfect. 
But if you're thinking that these poor people need more love, more understanding, and you just don't care about the rich, then your good work is spoiled, basically. So in other words, any good work can uh, be combined with generosity, kindness, compassion, patience. And whatever you do, you read books, fine. You sound more like contemplative, for example. Mm -hmm. Fine. We need a contemplative people. Because they can do that part of the work. Where if you are on the soup kitchen, there is never probably a time to contemplate unless some kind of uh, compassion and love for the people you are helping. And, and that could be blinding too. You need wisdom why you are doing this. In fact, most of the evil thing done by conscious educated human beings including especially wars and destruction, are done deliberately. Yeah. For what? For peace. Okay. Gives you idea that your wisdom aspect is lacking. It's not the war is dangerous, more dangerous peace that is misunderstood <laughs> or misapproached. Peace is more. Truth is even more dangerous. We kill each other in the name of truth. Right. Don't we? You are right. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, we don't flinch bringing destruction to the other side. We are so convinced this is the right way. Well, as soon as people do wrong, we knew right away it's wrong. But we never knew that it's wrong when you're doing the blind peace act that is done blindly. And we, we don't know how destructive it can be. We don't see it that way. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, very. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, any work is fine. Use that as a platform to include all others. So, if I'm Buddhist, my job will be, uh, Buddhism is my platform. There I see the value of Christianity. There I see the value of Islam. There I see the value of Hinduism. There I see the value of people who don't even believe in any religion. Their worth, their morale, their ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And same thing we hope as encouragement to other religions, if they are truly genuine Christian and Islamic, they should find the worth in other culture, other religion. That will make them a genuine Christian. Like I could be a genuine Buddhist, they could be a genuine Christian. And likewise, a genuine Islamics, and so forth. So whatever you do, read books, uh, feed the uh, a poor, or even run a big company that makes a lot of money, it doesn't matter. As long as you do right and use that as a platform. Right. Yeah. But you must include others. If you think that this is the way to go, that's narrowed down. Well, as soon as narrowed down, then not just the violence, even the peace becomes evil. Is there something that you wish I would have asked you? Is there something that you <laughs> are burning to talk about in this mm. context, maybe something that we've missed? Mm -hmm. uh, since you're in the West, I think I must say the spiritual practice can be done at the best of the time and the worst of times. Uh. I would strongly suggest to take seriously its value. I'm not saying from the Buddhist point of view, I'm just saying look at yourself, see the value what you needed. A spiritual component is critical and it's not an idea, it's a necessity. It's just from emotion to the feeling to dealing with unknowns, 
I would say to have a faith in any kind is better than no faith. And that sounds like I'm promoting a faith-based religion. I'm not saying that. I'm saying people who, are, who have faith in themselves, fine, as long as there's uh, some kind of focus. Mm -hmm. and that's, I think, critical. Most of the time, whether you're in the East or West, spiritual values are only seen as valuable when we are in the worst of time. I think it's good, it's therapeutic, it's, you know, mm -hmm. but I think the spiritual practice should be done, especially when you're having a good time. Now, it's interesting, you said the worst of times, and I'll take a risk here and go a little off the cue card. For some people right now, politically, mm. what's going on in the country, mm. it is the worst of times. Mm -hmm. Care to have an opinion on maybe what people who are feeling a little discouraged about the current environment, mm -hmm. what we should be doing? I think we always should see the big pictures. There are good times and bad times. Mm -hmm. So I think if you think it's a bad time, you should know it's, this is a bad time. Right. You know, and I think it's nice to be not negative if you think it's not a good time. Right. Uh, negative doesn't help. I think best time to prepare, be worried, is when you're having a good time. That's my point. Yes. It's useless to feel bad about when it's already in the bad times. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's, that's true. Actually, in fact, uh, I know uh, some of you will not like this. You have to forgive me if I hurt anyone's feeling. I say when you're having a bad time, the best thing is to laugh at it. <laughs> and then do good things. And then make sure you watch your own dignity and morale that that is in the full brim, not ebbed, is not lowered. Correct. You, you keep that. And in fact, uh, if you work hard as a threat when you're doing a good time, chances of bad time uh, happening will be much less. And if you work hard when you're having a bad time to just having a good time in the bad time, the effects of the negative, if there is one, uh, will be less. In other words, you actually benefit having gone through difficult times. So that is one important part I thought it's a good idea because you sort of earlier mentioned that this is the first country mm -hmm. economically and every step of the way. I, I do believe that. I mean, America uh, is a leading country culturally, spiritually, economically, uh, freedom, liberty, this is it. Uh, I'm not trying to flatter this country, I'm not saying others don't have it, but this is the best on this earth. And if it is, we should take advantage of it. And, and then part of the advantage must, must have the awareness, the spiritual value. Then you become a full, otherwise we become like an empty shell. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we are so worried about human beings turning into some kind of machine. And economically, we see a little bit of that. <laughs> yes. We're so focused. Our education is focused on all about uh, jobs. I'm not saying jobs are not good. We have to have a job. We need a job. Education should give you a job. And without job, people cannot live. That's called karma. Without doing karma, you cannot live. Right. That's a given. But there's so much overemphasis that we ignore other values in the process. Uh, we should really enhance this awareness. 
to make this country remain great in every angle, not just you know freedom, liberty, and and economic success. To have a fullness, uh, I think the greatness in the nation is where spiritual worth is there. Spiritual worth tells the worth of each individual, and if there is no individual worth, then there's absolutely no spiritual worth. This country offers that, has done that. Uh, I'm not saying it's perfect, by the way, in case mm -hmm. you misunderstood that. And if you're not happy being here, I think you're, you're wrong. Mm. Some are not. Go to other countries. You may find your own peace of mind, that's likelihood, because it's like a marriage. If it doesn't work, you marry another one. Sometimes the second one works. Is that right? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you need to marry a third time, it works. But some people, it never works. That doesn't mean marriage is not good. It just didn't work for you. Doesn't mean that this has this country has imperfections. Doesn't mean the other have perfections. And ideally, I think we should go to other country and really live the way we live. You will soon find out. After all, this is a great country. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you, getting to know you, and hearing um, about your school and approach. Thank no, you. thank you so much. Thank you for listening. For more information about the Jacques Marche Museum of Tibetan Art, consider visiting our website, tibetanmuseum.org. For more information on Kempo Pema Wangduk and the Vikramasila Foundation, be sure to visit vikramasila.org, located in New York City. So from the Jacques Marche Museum of Tibetan Art, here on Lighthouse Hill, overlooking historic Richmond Town on Staten Island. I'm Rudy Basich. Tashi Delicate.